Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255 or text 580-580. With Frank Napolitano and Paul Rushforth, here is Steve Gregory. And now, because we're celebrating the last Saturday in February, we have a special gift for you. <laughs> Paul is off. <laughs> Such a special gift. And I'm back in the studio. You're back in the studio. Dora's here. Hello. Hello. Nice cold Saturday. A little brisk coming back from vacation, Frank. It was a little brisk. Nice, much warmer in Florida. But the weather here was beautiful while I was away, of course. And then next week, it's going to be crazy again. It's going so to get warm. Yep. Yeah. So warm. Yeah, not good t- winter. Not- it's been a good winter. I mean, uh, now if you're yeah, a, if well, you're a mind winter you. enthusiast, I don't really know if it's such a hot yeah, winter. I mean, the Is there such a thing? Oh, maybe. I think <laughs> I as as, uh, as as menopause increases and hot flashes increase, <laughs> you I'm like kinda, winter. You like I'm winter better. Hoping <laughs> for colder and colder weather. <laughs> Just being honest. <laughs> uh, listen, I've been through this before. Not myself personally, obviously. My my spouse and. Uh, uh, she, I don't know, some reason she gets one of those and in January the patio door is open. And, oh, okay. what are you doing? I drove here with the window open in my car on the 417. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being on my boat one summer and I had a woman at the front. She said, could you just speed up a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> it's real stuff, gentlemen. Yep. It's real stuff. Yes, it is. I believe it. So I'm looking at numbers for January this year and last year. Yes. We are up over 16% this year compared to last year. So last year was a pretty brutal January. Correct, yes. For what reason? Because interest rates were about the same, were they not, last January? Well, the interest rates were about the same, but there wasn't the sense of optimism, right? We've had a rate hold, what, for four consecutive times? Yeah. And yeah. we have we have this... this uh, optimistic news coming that, you know, maybe, what is it? I, I was listening to Frank last week, 90% chance that the rates are going to start coming down in, in the summer. And so I think that that is giving a lot of buyers the the little push that they needed to get back into the market. Um, that and sort of people have become acclimatized to the higher rates. It was it was shock before and now it's just normal and we, we just accept it. So the plus j- rates went up, right? And January yes. was the last Bank of Canada, which we thought was going to be the last one for good. And then obviously they they went up again in June and July, but we thought the last January, but they had reached such a high number by January, even though they still were half percent, another half percent later in the year. But that number was so high that Basically, so everything right? stopped. Like everything but January was brutal, and then we had a pretty good February and an especially good March we compared did. to January. So my question is, what, what's it going to be like this year if we started off better? What happens over the next couple of months? We did start off better. Um, the sales are, are – they increased in January. They increased again in February. We can see people out there. there are the, sh- the number of showings is up. The number of sales is up. And we're starting to see homes go into multiple offer just because of the lack of inventory. So it's, uh, it's, it's you know, a pretty good predictor, I would think, for what's coming. Um, but I never say never because of everything yeah. we've gone through in the last few years. But well, we had a nice inflation surprise down 2.9%. Below 3, they were expecting 3.3. Yeah, it was a great inflation report. Again, we've seen oil prices go back up. So again, very volatile um, oil market. Uh, food prices, we just never know. With these corporations, mm-hmm. yeah, with food, it's like they're not going up as much. Yes, right. that's all. So, uh, but again, most countries don't include 
shelter as part of their inflation number. So, like, you know, the other countries are at the 3 and the 4% without shelter. I mean, that's true inflation. The problem with the shelter cost is that they've created the shelter cost going up by the fact that they've raised interest rates. So right. if interest rates weren't high, our inflation would be at 2 And then take away the carbon tax yeah. that everybody's paying <laughs> and the inflation that that's caused – we're actually, some economists will tell you, we're at between one and one and a half percent for inflation if you take away those two yeah. factors. Mm-hmm. And if, you know, Pierre Polyev says that if he gets in, he's axing the tax, that alone will get the inflation number back in line. Unfortunately, it's still 16 or 18 months away. But again, I mean, we, we foresee inflation numbers coming down or at least staying in that two to three percent range. And the only way that it'll come down more is if he actually starts lowering interest rates, because then that in itself will lower the inflation number yeah. Yeah. the way he wants it to. So, but he doesn't want to fuel the housing industry. But he doesn't want to fuel the housing industry. But, but with all due respect, interest rates are so high today. Still, like it's it's significant interest rate cuts to fuel what we went through during the pandemic. So. Are there millennials sitting on the sidelines waiting to get in that first home? Absolutely. Absolutely. But again, where interest rates are today versus and what they need to qualify is very difficult. So will will we see some some activity? Like Dora said, she's already starting to notice it. We are too. We're seeing our pre approvals go way up. Yes. But once you go into numbers with them, right. all of a sudden you can see them pull back a little bit and say, Oh, oh, we weren't quite ready to pay that for a mortgage yet. Maybe we'll hang on for another four, five, six months and see if that rate could come down a little bit. Well, the, month, the, the monthly payments. With, with, yeah. the, with the stress test or with the 2% that qualifying rate, you have to qualify so much higher. And so that's that's pulling people back. And also just affordability is, is, is yeah. pulling people back. And it's back. a catch-22 now too, because yes. if you want a five-year mortgage, or if, 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 you're looking, rate. if you're looking at a five-year yeah. mortgage, you can qualify lower. If you want the variable, which is probably the way to go right yes. now, you have to That's qualify the much yeah. higher. That's yeah. the problem is most it's conversations. It is. It, mm-hmm. It's gone totally the opposite direction of what it's supposed to do. Yeah. It, it's actually – now, again, maybe this is what OSFI wants, people to take a five-year fix. This way they've got that fixed cost for the next five years. And easy to say if things remain where they are today. But if interest rates are to come down the way most predict, well, then that's foolish because, you know, a Canadian is going to be looking at themselves a year, a year and a half from now and saying, I locked in at this 5.09% five-year fixed, and now my neighbors and my friends are getting three and, three and, and a half. half. Yeah, yeah. It's well, like, this is crazy. Why did I lock into a five-year for? But it's the only way that they can get into the housing market because they don't qualify with the variables. So, so if you want to qualify for a variable today, yeah. what do you have to qualify at? Well, in the eights. Wow. Yeah. In the eights. So that's what the rate we have to use to qualify. And for. what are the odds rates will ever go into the eights again? Slim. But again, if you asked me two years ago, what are the chances the rates would go into the sixes? I would have said slim as well because nobody expected prime to go up at the level that it did. Well, no, that's because our government told us it wasn't going to. Yes. Agreed. But did. it But it happened, right? And that's why so many Canadians find themselves in despair today because they took that variable believing that rates – if they were going to go up, they certainly weren't going to go up the level that they did. Yeah. Um, and therefore, now they find themselves struggling to make ends meet. Well, and that's the challenge, too, is with the rates being as high as they are, with the monthly payments being as high as they are, 
people do not have that extra money to spend on anything else in the economy, right? So that which is what they want too. That's right. That they, 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 they want, want that to happen, and but it's, it's a true recession. Happening. We're we're yes. truly we are in a recession well, now. Sure. That being said, I will say that it's a funny recession. I mean, normally in a recession, you could tell restaurants are really quiet. They still seem to be pretty good, like pretty steady for January, February yeah. when it's their quietest months. Some of the restaurant owners I've talked to have said. It's actually been good. We were worried, and it's actually we've had we've actually had a couple of good months. So, just surprising. Um, Do we get a jobless report before the sixth? Oh, good question. When was the last job report that came out? Uh, I'll check. I'll let you know at the break. Because I, 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 I got them all listed. I can't so. imagine the jobs are going to be great for January, February. Well, well, January was all right, but February, like all of these layoffs that are happening everywhere now. I think we're going to see the job report remain fairly steady, but the 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 change is what we've already started to see, which is full-time jobs have disappeared. Mm-hmm. Somehow, people have decided to get out of the job market, which is part of their report, which is, I don't know how they figure that out, but more part-time jobs. The question is, are those part-time jobs, generally speaking, part-time jobs were about you know somebody who might, maybe their kids have gone back to school and they just want a part-time job. Just or to cover while they're in school or, or semi-retired or, 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 or students, yeah, yeah. right? Yep. Students yep. that want to make the extra money. Or are those part-time jobs, people that already have a full-time job can't yes. make ends meet and now they're taking on a part-time job because that's not healthy. Yeah. The other mm-hmm. way is healthy. This way is not healthy. So why is our inflation rate at 2.9 in the States a full point higher? Uh, what, what's the difference <clears> between <throat> the two countries and how does that affect our bond market? It does affect our bond. <clears throat> excuse me. Everything that happens in the U.S. impacts our bond market. So we saw our bond market come down by ten basis points the minute the inflation report came out at two point nine. The only reason that it stayed down for the rest of the week, so we've seen it go down. Our, our so so we went up good seventy points for the six weeks prior to the last two weeks. Last two weeks we've come down about twenty points. So we're at about a half percent higher than we were eight weeks ago. So. The bond market has gone up by half a percent in the last eight weeks, primarily because of the U.S. numbers that are coming out. U.S. is way more influential than what happens here. So the job, I was just there for two weeks. Groceries in the U.S. are expensive, very expensive. A loaf of bread is $3 U.S., so it's really for for something Canadian. It is expensive there as well, and I and I can hear the locals complaining about it. Now there's still, again, I was in Florida, and there's a lot of tourists, and mm-hmm. right. So, uh, but I can hear people complaining that, oh my God, it used to be so much cheaper to be able to do groceries, well, and you're not walking out of there and, the and way think, you used to. And I think their um, their minimum wage is a lot lower than ours, so uh, that significantly that, lower. Yeah, so that increase in your necessities is even hot greater. Yeah, but U.S. is going through the same thing on the job side where a lot of people are taking part-time jobs to make ends meet. And they're actually saying that there. We're here, we're not saying that. But there, they're actually saying it. Forget about getting a mortgage in the States right now. Right now, there's there's no activity. Very little activity. Properties have been on the market forever and ever. People just will not tolerate a 7.5% 30-year mortgage. That's just not in the price for them. And it is stuck at 30 years. And it is. Yeah, Yeah, you're in that rate. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We will be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show. 
on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back. Frank is here. Dora is here for Paul. All right. So two weeks, we move the clocks. Yes. Which is instant optimism to Instant me. optimism. And we got spring shortly thereafter. Yes. It's going to be the month of March next week. Yes. This is when people really begin to pay attention to housing. Yes. As a rule. As a rule, they do. Should they start paying attention a couple of weeks sooner? Yes. But uh, March is when people really start to uh, to sort of think about what they're going to do that year. Um, with the weather we're having right now, I mean, maybe not today, but in the coming weeks, the snow is melting more quickly than it typically does in Ottawa. I think we're going to have an even earlier spring market. And I think the, the optimism uh, for buyers and for sellers, you know, a lot of people have um, been a bit apprehensive about putting their homes up for sale over the last few years. And I think that this sort of, you know, that the chatter of the market picking up and, and all of this happening, I think there will, we will see an influx of inventory coming on the market. But so. now we have a window yes. of buy and sell that yes. is, you know, if you're trying to time things out for rates to come down... You may be a little bit too late on the on the value you could get in a house now as opposed to three months from now, four months from now. I, I think so. And I think it depends on if you are trading equity for equity, different conversation about timing. If you are new to the market or if you are leaving the market, those that's when you want to sort of try to time the market a little bit better. Um, as a, a person, if you can afford a mortgage right now and you can get into the market, I think it's a very good time because there there is going to be sort of, you know, it's not going to be the same as we saw pre-pandemic during the pandemic, but we are seeing, you know, a lack of inventory is driving the prices up and it's driving the demand up for the more affordable homes. And if you can't qualify for a variable, Frank, are you looking more at three than five year? Depends. I mean, the three-year rate, I mean, I've seen the three-year rate in the low fives uh, where a five-year rate could be in the high fours. So it all depends on what you qualify for. I mean, if I had to choose between one or the other, I would take a three-year. I yeah. wouldn't take a five-year. Uh, if I had to choose at all and I have the choice of everything that's there, I would take a variable just because it really – there isn't one economist out there that thinks that interest rates are going up anymore. So in a variable, and a lot of people say they – hate the thought that maybe the payments are going to change. The reality is that if if Prime has stopped going up, your payment is at its highest point it's ever going to be. And as Prime starts to come down, depending on the lender you're with, will determine whether you're actually going to get a letter saying your payment's going down because Prime has come down by a quarter point, a half percent, whatever, um, where some have static payments. And if they have the static payment, well, then you have the option to lower the payment if you wanted. If not, your payment would remain the same, but now you're paying off your mortgage quicker. Yeah. So, um, you know, I just I, think I, that, I think I don't think I would ever go static, having seen what we've just seen. Well, I the static it helps. People. It helped. It, it helped a lot, lot of Canadians people. stay in their homes. Unfortunately, the pain they're going to feel is at the renewal because now we've gotten some gray areas of verbiage as to what a bank can do to help Canadians out once the renewal comes up because some, I mean, we've talked about it. Some are at 40, 50, 60, 70 year amortizations because their payment remained static and the interest rates went up and in theory, they weren't paying any principal off. So, uh, but at renewal, you're supposed to go back to your original amortization. So if you started with the 25, now you're going to be down to 20. Well, if your payment's now based on 70, 
unless interest rates come down tremendously, you're going to get this all of a sudden renewal with this outrageous payment that you're not going to be able to afford. But during during the time that we've gone through, the ones that had static payments at least were able to stay in their homes mm-hmm. because otherwise they would have had to sell their homes if the payments went up yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to what the interest rate was doing. You see a lot of home sales coming up in the next six months for people whose mortgages are coming due? Uh, we're not seeing sales. The conversations we seem to be having is, and again, I mean, if you've had your home for five years, you have to acknowledge the fact that your house has likely gone up in value anywhere between 30 to 60%. 52% in a Yeah, so 30 to 52%. 60, depending on neighborhoods, right? So, yeah. um, you know, I definitely when customers, when I tell them, well, your timing is kind of, and it's not your fault, Just you're just unlucky when it comes to the mortgage rates. But you've been lucky that you bought when you did or you've owned your home as long as you have because here's the value of your home today. So if you want to keep your payments the way they are, we need to increase the amortization. But here's the good news. And trust me, I'd rather have this than the alternative. If your house value was the same as five years ago and the interest rates went up, that wouldn't be so nice. But the fact that your house has gone from 400000 to 600000 is not bad considering, yeah, if we have to increase the amortization by five years, then so be it to keep your payments similar to what they are now. But did you ever imagine that five years ago the house that you bought for four hundred would be worth six hundred five years later? I don't think you thought that. So how that's similar the are those payments if you increase the amortization? Well, again, we the whole goal of a renewal is to try and and for many people they're able to put some of their debt in, yeah. right? So they've got car loans. Most people today focus on monthly cash flow because it's so expensive. Utilities, mm-hmm. groceries, just necessities are so expensive. Their focus is more on their on their budget, and more people are budgeting than ever before. So what they're doing is they're able to live with the fact that, you know, my mortgage was down to three hundred. Now I'm going to bring it back up to three fifty because I'm paying off all my debt, but my payment is reasonable now where I can live a comfortable life and not worry about and get everything ahead. that's going and out there. And it's a static payment too. And right? it is a static it payment. A well, static it's a variable. It's I not mean, static, but sorry. it's at the highest point. That's right. You're at the yeah. highest point that your payment's going to be now, and it's likely going to come down, and then we're going to try and hopefully try to time when it's uh, when the interest rates have come down enough that you're going to be comfortable locking into a five-year at that point. Well, and I think at that point too, so much more of your monthly payment goes towards principal v. interest. Yep. I mean, right now, I think, what, 75% of uh, of a payment goes to, to interest payments. Right now, yeah. yeah. Depending yeah. on the term you choose and the amortization, uh, you know, it used to be in the days, my God, during the pandemic, in 21, yeah. I mean, yeah. More than 80%, was, that's right. 80% yeah. of your payment was going to principal, which is awesome. So yeah. it's, it is a flip-flop, but this is back to normal. I remember our first mortgage. Is. I mean, yep. Steve, you go way back, uh, <laughs> way further back than me, but still. Uh, but I remember my first mortgage was 13 and a quarter percent for yeah. three years. And at the yeah. end of five years of paying $1,100 a month, which doesn't seem like a lot now, but my mortgage was all of ninety thousand dollars, and yeah. my payment yeah. was eleven hundred. wasn't making the incomes close to where they are today, but seven hundred and fifty dollars had come off my principal. I, I went from ninety thousand to eighty nine two fifty after three years of. Payment. I remember so, that too. I remember yeah. going, "Wow, I haven't paid anything." Nothing. Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Where now at least you're seeing some you money see go decreases. towards your principal. You do, so. yeah. Yeah, but three years ago, I mean, you were 60, 70% principal yeah. yes. going down. Yes. And your house was appreciating almost yes. as much. That's right. Yes. That's, That's right. why there, there's been a lot of good news. I mean, it's the bad news, and I think Dora can relate, is for anybody that bought their house, you know, mid 
or beginning of 22 to yes. mid 22 when mm-hmm. we hit the peak and then they've come down since that's yeah. those are the unfortunately the ones that are kind of feeling not so good right now at, at their decision making but but buying a house is a long know, term right? but is, buying a house is a long term investment if you're buying a house for a year then don't because by the time you do your land transfer tax, yes. your legal cost, your real estate commission, things come up. It's not worth well, it. Well, yeah, it, life changes, right? Yes. And 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 if circumstances beyond your control are there, then I, I the people who purchased in twenty twenty two and who have to sell now are are losing money. That's right? another reason I'm confused about having to qualify for the variable because if you have to get out of that mortgage with a variable, you're three months three months interest. Yep. But if you go five years and something happens two years from now, mm-hmm. you are done. Oh, hundred percent. That's right. Five two one talk five two one eight two five five. Wasn't that a happy thought? <laughs> <laughs> Stay married. <laughs> we return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk five eighty CFRA. Welcome back. Doris here. Frank is here. Paul is. Where is Paul? Do we know where Paul is? Do we care where Paul is? Ballroom dancing competition oh, yes, from, what dancing. <laughs> from what I heard. From what I heard. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he's got a milestone birthday coming up and he needs to do the south side. And, uh, and he doesn't look 60, really. Walls. No, know. he doesn't. He, 70, well, he's 70? got some gray hairs. 70? You know, he's got some whites there hanging, hanging around. He's got, <laughs> you know, he, what's he call him? What color does he call him? I think he calls it blonde. A blonde, yeah. Silver fox. A silver fox, yeah. <laughs> It's gray. All I know is these two guys like to stand next to me, makes their hair look dark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, one of my one of my best friends is Alfio Natoli, and he's all he's been all white for it's got to be ten years now. But that's the way that if we're looking for him, we just look for the white hair. For the we white, don't have to look for him. The yeah, beacon. Kinda, oh yeah, it kind of stands out. Yeah, but now you're at the age where everybody's got white hair. You're well, never, never going to find him. You're never I'm not there yet. Not there yet. I'm not there yet. Four years. I will be. Here. Well, when we started the show, there wasn't a lot of whites on your head either. There wasn't. There, there was a few, but not not as many as there are now. At least you got hair, though. That's true. That's yes. true. You got hair. True. Little you things. This is true. Little, little things, things count. The little yeah, things yeah. count these days. All right. So now, if I want to sell my house yes. and it needs renovation, yes, are we running into problems with people not being able to afford the renovations that are needed before they sell their homes? And if that's the case, is there a better time to sell a home that needs renovating? The best time to sell a home that needs renovating is any time as long as it's priced and marketed appropriately, really. So if there is a scarcity of inventory, which there is now, your home, even despite the fact that it needs renovating, may not have a lot of competition. So perhaps now is a really good time. If you can't afford renovations, have somebody like have, – have a realtor, a real estate broker in to come and talk to you about the little things that you can do in your house that are going to – um, ameliorate the space, sort of make it feel more contemporary, make the the space feel a little fresher so that uh, you can get the best possibilities for the best sort of, you know, bang for your buck in terms of what you're doing. Um, renovating a house, having a house that needs a lot of work, it's not a great time for it because it's very expensive to do the renovations. That's it's what difficult. I'm saying, yeah. It's difficult to hire the trades. It's difficult to find the capital to do that. It is much easier to put fifty thousand if you can afford it into a mortgage than have that cash flow to do the renovations. Every house will sell. 
truly, every house will sell. And if you do need work, have somebody in. Let's talk about the different things that you can do to sort of, you know, pimp it up a little bit. And if you can't, well, then it's a matter of pricing and marketing and, and going from there. And if that's the case, Frank, would you think it would be a positive to have the Purchase Plus Improvements information in a house like that when you're oh, selling? It's everything. I mean, the Plus Improvement isn't, well, I think I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that, so probably going to need $40,000 in renovations. It doesn't work that way. It's a great program, and when utilized properly, it's fantastic. To be able to buy a house that needs, you know, and listen, I mean, for realtors that are out there listening, don't put as is, please. It just, all of these Huge red flags For pop the mortgage. up yeah. on as is TLC. It's okay to put dated, dated kitchen, dated bathroom. That's okay. Lenders are okay with that. But anytime you get vintage, vintage, vintage. yeah, that's a put nice a word. Positive too. spin it's on better, it. It's better on wine than it is on a house. It's like an you unspoiled basement. Wine, but, right. Yeah, but again, I mean, there's you know, finishing a basement, uh, right. updating a bathroom, updating your flooring. Those are. Those are that's exactly what that program's in place. And believe it or not, I mean, some people think that there's a limit. A lot of lenders out there, and the default insurer is okay with a, a, an amount that's higher. Generally speaking, it's ten percent or twenty percent of the purchase price. But I've seen thirty, thirty-five percent be approved, as long as it's for the right things that are going into the house that is going to appreciate the value of the house. And what the default insurer will do is, is they'll get that estimate that you give us. And they'll add it to the purchase price and they'll finance it based on that total amount. And they'll get an appraiser to at least acknowledge the fact that if you did these things that you say you're doing, the value of the house will actually accordingly go up the same as the money that you're putting into it. So then they're more than happy to lend on that amount. Uh, They've been a little more flexible lately. Generally speaking, they like the work done in 90 days, but they'll go to 180 days. And depending on the work that's being done, it could be done in a draw. Generally speaking, they like to give the money when the work is completed. So therefore, at the time of your financing, you get finance based on the purchase price. Uh, You don't get the money to do the renovations. The money for the renovations comes after you've completed the renovations and an inspection's taken place to say that the renovations have been completed. But in some cases, they'll make an exception and give you some draws if it's major renovations are being done to the home. So you can get a draw before you even have a mortgage? Well, no, 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 no. No, but you're saying you're getting a draw, but you don't you're getting to... a draw for the work. So let's say you're you're doing two hundred thousand dollars worth of upgrades, and they've approved it. After let's say after a quarter of the work is done, you can ask for the fifty, uh, the twenty five percent of the money that they've set aside, because that money goes to the lawyer, and the lawyer holds it in trust. So the lender's giving all the money up front, but they're saying to the lawyer, "You got to wait for our instructions before you release money back to the consumer." So. The only time that they release the money is once they've got an inspection report. In many cases, it's at completion. But if you're doing the draws and if they approve the draws, it's it's once those draws are, are done, then they'll let the uh, the lawyer know to release some of the funds to you. But it's also it's also a very nice way for families to get into certain neighborhoods because the purchase price is going to be lower. And if they qualify for the purchase preference improvements, they are, sorry, that was a lot of peas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they get to pick. Get her another glass of wine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But they get to pick the materials they want. That's they right. get to pick they the get kitchen to pick they want, a, that's the flooring right. they want. Because that's, that's the challenge is sometimes if you do the renovations, the buyers come in and it's not to their taste. Correct. And then it's just a shame to rip something out that is fairly new and and sometimes it's better not to do the renovations. But that's handy for you to know as an agent when, you're showing, when you're showing a dog problem. 
property or a property that needs some improvements of it is. to just say, look, this is what you can easily do. Integral part of any transaction is to work with someone who has experience and can show you all sorts of different ways to make your money and your mortgage approval go further. Wow. Mm-hmm. Hey, forget about the peas. That was yeah. well said. Yeah. That was very <laughs> well said. Hey, uh, one it's of our listeners, and I've had a couple of questions about it, actually. I just haven't had the time. I've been away, so... Uh, to get more information. I'm actually going to try and see if we can get an accountant and or a lawyer to get on our show to talk about this bear trust reporting requirement that's now part of uh, your tax return when you do your tax return. And I guess it relates to if you're co-signing with one of your kids or I don't know if it counts if you're a guarantor, but you need to be reporting it on your uh, tax return. So uh, I've had a couple of emails in the last couple of weeks about it. So um, what I'm going to do is I'm going to try and get an expert. I don't have the proper information on it, so I'm not going to talk about it. But uh, but it seems like this is something new that CRA is asking for. So so is there any capital gains if you're co-signing with your kids? Well, the recommendation we always make is if you're co-signing for your kids because they need your help to get approved for a mortgage, but you're never living in the property because you have your own house and you're only helping them, most lawyers are are putting the parents as a 1% owner of the property when it comes to registration. When it comes to financing, you're equally responsible. If you're right. co-signing, you're equally, you're you're fully responsible just like your kids are for that debt. But on the ownership standpoint and registration, they're doing the 1%, which lenders and banks don't mind. They don't that doesn't bother them. They they just make you acknowledge that you're fully responsible. Yeah, you're, on for the the hook, you're on the hook, you're on the hook. You're on the hook for the mortgage. So from a tax perspective, I think that that means that the capital gains, if there's any, is very minimal because you only own one percent. And if they make a hundred thousand, well, it's one percent of a hundred thousand. You're paying tax on a thousand dollars worth of revenue or income that you've made. But it's only so capital profit. gains if you take it, and that's only capital. Ga- well, you'll take it if the house is sold. You'll, you're obviously you should be getting it right. If you're a one percent owner, you should be getting one percent of the proceeds, and therefore you got to pay capital gains on the profit. Yeah, but, but you're signing for the kids, and they're making all the payments. That's, so that's our point. Yeah. I mean, our our point is, I don't get it. Like the only reason the parents are getting involved is because it's to too help. tough to qualify on their own, so they're getting their parents. That's why I always recommend, if possible, do the guarantor program. I think on the guarantor program, you're not on title, so I don't know that this. This this reporting is even required at that point, but uh, we'll try and get an accountant and or a lawyer who's very familiar with this, and uh, we'll try to get them on the show so that they can answer those questions. Very well said, Frank. Mm-hmm. I'm learning <laughs> so much today; it's unbelievable. <laughs> well, Paul's not here. Uh, oh, that's it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I've learned that if I have a dog house, now's the time to list it. it, it not oh, a dog house. Stop just, with the it, dog. I love my dog. A dog is beautiful. It's, hey, uh, there's nice it. dog houses. The, the, the reason you hire a realtor is so that they can protect the value of your home. And all of the little details matter. So the reason you bought your house, and if you haven't renovated for 10, 15, 20 years, it's reasonable to think you're not going to get the same sale price as your neighbor who has just put in new bathrooms, new kitchens, everything else. Is it though? Well, no, depending on no, where no, the house is. I no, no, I'm so just it's saying. reasonable, but yes. I don't know that sellers necessarily think That's it is. That's my point, yes, right? Yes, yes, sellers yes, think, well, sellers my think, house well, is it's bigger the same. than theirs. My house is bigger than theirs, and I have an insulated garage door, so therefore- And my neighbor got this. That's right, but it, it, it comes down to the details. The details are what matters, and I think particularly now, a lot of the buyers have been on the sidelines for a couple of years. They've been 
through so much, there is so much more information available that people are much more educated when they go out. And so comparing apples to apples is what ultimately comes down to getting you the best price for your house, whether you're a buyer or a seller. And if you want to renovate line of credit, it's the only way to do it unless you have the money, obviously. Well, I, I, I mean, if if you have the money, obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, unless you need to keep the money, if you've got the equity in your home, you can do an equity line of credit, which again, the home equity line of credit, the interest rate's a little higher. I mean, they range anywhere from prime plus a quarter, to prime plus 1%. Seven-ish then? Uh, interest only. So, well, prime's at 7.2, so you're in the mid-sevens to, to low eights. But it's uh, for a short period of time, right? Well, ideally, yes, especially if you've got a mortgage. So we have clients that have mortgages at 2% that have another two years left on them. So in that case, you definitely want to do a home equity line of credit, where in two years from now, then you could merge the two together. You certainly don't want to disrupt the 2% yeah. mortgage because that's not going to be to your benefit. No. So uh, you know, if you're going to do that, then I think the line of credit makes the, the most sense. Uh, but it depends on the amount of renovations you're doing. I mean- you know, we've got clients that have uh, got a new house and they've got kids. So all of a sudden, the fence is important now yeah. because right. they bought it uh, from a new builder yeah. and there's no fence there. So yeah. uh, so it makes sense. They finished their basement right. so that it's kid-friendly. So things like that that, you know, and, you know, the days used to be you can do that for 10000 Today, everything is twenty, twenty-five, thirty, forty thousand to put a fence and finish a basement. Mm-hmm. So yeah. quite expensive. 521-TALK, 521-8255. Back with your calls after this. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back to the phones we go. Irene's been very patient. Thanks for calling, Irene. How can we help? Yes, I was wondering, uh, land transfer tax, who who pays for it, the buyer or the seller? <laughs> the, buyer. the buyer. We wish the seller. Oh, the buyer. The bu- oh, yeah. Always the buyer. Yes. Always the buyer. You made my day. Oh, oh you're selling there you go. There you go. <laughs> and, and another question I have, Dennis. Yeah. Okay. Um, I uh, I bought two acres of land in in Nova Scotia over twenty years ago, and my brother-in-law was telling me down there that if I sell the land because I had it so long. I still have to pay a capital gains tax, wouldn't I? Well, uh, yeah, it's profitable. Yeah, it's profit yeah. you make, right? Whatever profit you make, you got to pay capital gains on it. Oh yes. We so we only half them. made your day. So what you want to do yeah. is get a bunch of cans <laughs> of oil, port in the ground, get the value. De- no, no. <laughs> make your money. If you're paying capital gains, it means you made money on it. The trees. Yeah. No, no. Listen, if you're paying capital gains, it's because you. Made money, so that's investment. not a bad thing. And that's nope. not a bad thing. And none of us can make money without the government making a little. No, they need it. We yes. definitely need it. Um, <laughs> no, they need, they need to spend responsibly is what they need to do. Well, you, you got that right. Yeah. And there's one other question I have. I know, I know it's um, uh, this accelerator money they're giving away to different cities or provinces. What money? The federal government to to increase housing, increase housing, mm-hmm. right? They're not actually building houses, are they? Well, not yet, not, not yet, yet. <laughs> not yet. I mean, the stats show they're not. So you don't expect value for the money, do you? <laughs> yeah, like that's what I was kind of wondering. You know, like because like I was thinking, like, do they have any controls in place? Like, what if a city took the money and then they didn't follow through? Do they have to pay the money back? 
Who knows? Who knows these days? Like, government will be in, right? Oh, I don't know what's right. transparent and what isn't anymore. All we like, really need are homes. Let's we just, do need homes. Let's just get yeah. some homes. We built. do need homes. Yeah, we do need. We do need more homes. Thanks, uh, Irene. Well, thank you. You made my day. Well, we're That's happy good. to do that. <laughs> Have a good afternoon. <laughs> you too. Bye. Land transfer tax is that a percentage now of what the property is worth? It is. Oh. It's uh, it's a very convoluted oh. calculation. So up until a certain amount, four hundred and some thousand, it's whatever percentage, and then it increases every fifty, sixty thousand dollars. And when has that number changed from the four hundred thousand? When was it? When has that been updated, or has it been four hundred thousand forever? I I don't know the answer to that, Frank. Seventies. Yeah. Really? Yeah. 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 Back in the 70s. If I'm not mistaken, it's 60s or 70s that they yeah, came out with Sort of this, before my time. With this table. Around the time that you were buying, I think. <laughs> born. 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 Okay. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, the table hasn't changed in Ontario. I mean, no. if anything, in Toronto, if you buy in in the Toronto, right in Toronto, not in okay. the, the outskirts, yes. but in yeah. Toronto – they have their own, which is the same as the Ontario ones. So yeah, they double it. Yeah, yeah they double so they it. double it. So and with the price of houses, as we know, and the, it's uh, but they have there are his... customers that are eighty, ninety thousand dollars worth of land transfer tax because they bought a two million dollar home, which is crazy. It, it, it's just crazy. But so. their 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 property taxes, though they're going up, their property taxes are some of the lowest yes. in the province, right? So and so they've if, got if you're buying a home for eight hundred thousand here, how much should you keep? Before you actually moved in, how much money do you need? Well, for so lawyers, for rule of thumb for... used to be a percent and a half. Now it's two percent for closing costs. So I like to use the two percent rule. So if you're buying a house for eight hundred thousand, I would say make sure you have about sixteen thousand dollars set aside for land transfer tax and legal fees, plus your down payment. Plus your down payment. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These Plus are just qualifying. Boy, I don't know why it's so it's difficult to get a house these days. It's a lot. Well, I mean, isn't it what twenty two years of savings for for young people to save yeah. enough to get yeah. to get a down payment? Uh, it depends on what city. But That's right. It depends on the city. It's of outrageous. Yeah. It, it's it is outrageous. You used to have a mortgage paid yeah. in that time. Yeah. Well, and I think too. You know, we're sort of sliding towards that European scale where people are living in multi generational homes, where people are passing homes down to their children. And living in an urban core. And all of that is great, yeah. except we're lacking the public transit to make that a possibility. It, it's more so the kids are just not moving out. That's right. Well, they can't afford to. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You read the story about this guy who's going to university in Vancouver and he commutes, commutes from Calgary <laughs> twice a week because yeah. it's cheaper. What? Yeah. The rent cheaper in Vancouver rent. was 2500 bucks. Yeah. And where does he go while, while he's in school? I'm he goes to school and he flies home. Yeah. The same day. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, the flights aren't that much cheaper. Flights well, are 111 bucks return. That's right. So anyway, yeah. it, it may, if you're doing it twice a week, I, I'm just doing my quick. It's math 800 and change. Yeah. a month plus. as opposed to 2,500. And he's living with his parents yeah. in California. Oh, he's so. living with his parents. Yes, so that's right. right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Which seems crazy, doesn't it? It does seem crazy. Oh, that's that's but good it's for ingenious, the environment. Really, that's good for the well, environment. But anyway, Mister Environment. Wow. Well, <laughs> no, I'm just saying, uh, we seem to shoot ourselves in the foot all we the do. time. Some of the things that we do. So, hey, let's let, end on an up note. Now, the economists are saying that we're going to probably hit that two percent by the third quarter of this year, as opposed to 2025, which means the rates will be coming down sooner and maybe even more than we thought. Yeah, we're seeing a big range of economists with different perspectives. So overall, I'd say most of them are saying. Expect three quarters of a percent drop this year, but the real, you know, the ones that their glass is half full, 
they're looking at a point and a quarter this year. Have you so, ever met an economist whose glasses yeah. half full? Well, some of them are because they're really aggressive. Like they're saying, that would really be remarkable. Inflation would get down to if they if they lowered prime rate even by one percent, they say we're already at two percent inflation. So uh, unless the oil and the food prices continue to go wacky, we're already going to be at that two percent number. And listen, there's a lot of economists out there that say that we're already in a recession. The numbers that Statistics Canada puts out doesn't necessarily show it, but the feeling on the streets is that we're in a recession already because people are holding back they from are. things that they never thought they would have to hold back And on. they can't wait for the bottom to follow before and they, can't they take care of this. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Absolutely. Birthdays? Wow, uh, did, you both said like I'm that. right? You both said <laughs> I'm right at the same <laughs> time? Yes. It's the first time in 18 years yes. anyone's well, Paul's not that. here, so you're right. <laughs> so, Birthdays, Frank. Uh, I'm used to getting the you're right from Paul, so, so I'm going <laughs> to to you now. So uh, We've got a couple of people from our office, uh, three actually. Zena celebrating her birthday today. Sandy Williamson, our underwriter, celebrated her birthday yesterday. And Rose, who's one of our mortgage agents who works out of Alberta. Oh, yeah. Uh, she celebrated her birthday. And then my good friend Joe Sousa is turning a milestone 60th today, a uh, birthday. And uh, great guy, smart guy. Not smart when it comes to sports. He's a Leaf fan, unfortunately, and a Cowboys <laughs> fan. But apart from that, he's a great guy. And happy birthday to Joe. I remember when you hit that milestone a few <laughs> years ago. Uh, it wasn't a few years ago. It was just, just a little while ago. <laughs> Uh, happy birthday to Adam, uh, one of our inside uh, sales reps. So happy birthday to him. He's celebrating today. What is an inside sales rep? Uh, we have a team of licensed realtors that are in the office uh, at all times to answer questions uh-huh. and to uh, get back to potential buyers and, and sellers and just to be there to, uh, to so answer. So if you're, if you're talking to Adam? If you're talking to Adam today, wish him a happy, wish birthday. happy birthday. Yeah, That's it? That's it. How do we get a hold of you, Dora? At Dora at paulrushforth.com. Frank N. At mortgagebrokersottawa.com. <laughs> People tune out before we sing. You know, <laughs> I know, right? Thank no goodness. Kidding. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Have a great week. Continue to support local businesses and Bye-bye. charities, everyone.